Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to 90.3 KDVS College Radio right here. FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We're going to have a couple special guests join us today. Stephen Kleinelder will be talking to us from Boston, Massachusetts, about a book, Titled 100 Words Almost Everyone Confuses and Misuses, coming from the editors of American Heritage Dictionaries, where uh, Mr. Kleinelder is a senior editor. We'll also go to Birmingham, Alabama in our third segment and speak with Steve Chiotakis. He's a producer there and host of Morning Edition and talk about uh, what the political climate seems to be down in some of those swing states in Dixie. Well, let's start out with election news. Uh, of course, we're in uh, finishing up uh, the, our campaign here in the United States with just two weeks to go. In fact, I think we have 12 days to go until Election Day on November 2nd. But election news uh, is everywhere. They're holding an election in Afghanistan uh, with 41% of the vote uh, counted. It appears that Hamid Karzai appears headed for victory. And uh, as far as I've been able to tell, this has nothing to do with his brother Jeb Karzai reporting ballots in the eastern part of the country coming in strongly for Hamid. And uh, just west of Afghanistan in Iran, one of the axis of evil, according to uh, George Bush, um, oddly enough, Hassan Rouhani, head of the Supreme National Security Council, which is Iran's top security decision-making body, said that, you know what? Democrats have harmed Iran more than Republicans saying, quote, we haven't seen anything good from Democrats. When asked on state-run television whether this meant that he was supporting Democratic Senator John Kerry against Bush, he replied, we do not desire to see Democrats take over. The Bush campaign apparently declined the endorsement from Axis of Evil member Iran. Speaking of Iran, uh, in the 1980 election, many believe that the Republicans, specifically William Casey, Reagan's campaign manager, cut a deal to hold the 52 American hostages until after the election. This has gone into history as the October Surprise. Republicans feared an October Surprise where Jimmy Carter would frantically negotiate the release of the hostages. There were many people who think that was about to happen until Bill Casey stepped in and said, no, this just can't happen. By uh, odd Coincidence, coincidence in quotations, the hostages were released literally to the hour on Inauguration Day when Ronald Reagan assumed the presidency. There's some who think that there's an impending October surprise taking place in the next 12 days. You should go to, if you like, the website titled Osama Bin Lotto if you would like to bet on what the October surprise might be. We would also refer you to Osama Bin Lottery which is another website of a similar vein where you can uh, you can pick the actual hour 
of the day where the announcement of the capture or killing of Osama bin Laden may be received by the public. In still more Middle Eastern election news, in Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia has received a lot of criticism for its lack of any sort of democracy, being it's run by a royal family, uh, something that you know the West has gotten away from in the past few centuries. In the upcoming uh, Saudi election, women may neither vote nor run. <laughs> this is dashing the hopes of progressive Saudis and easing fear among conservatives that the kingdom is moving too fast on reforms. This decision was announced last week by Interior Minister Prince Nayef. In an interview published in a Kuwaiti newspaper, Nayef said only, quote, I don't think that women's participation is possible, unquote. So in Saudi Arabia, as in some other places we might mention in the Middle East, uh, freedom appears to be on the march, just not marching very quickly. might be worth noting in our own American elections that only 29 of the 435 House races are considered competitive. According to The Economist magazine, 99% of incumbents are expected to breeze to victory. In fact, to quote The Economist, the sheer uncompetitiveness of most house races takes one's breath away. In 2002, four of five of them were won by 20 or more points. In 2002, just four incumbents lost to challengers at all. Another four did lose in the primaries, but they note that North Korea might be proud of the incumbent re-election rate of 99%. More than 9 in 10 Americans live in districts that are, in practice, one-party monopolies. We're going to try and address that, I think, after the election. Uh, the fact that the two parties have cut a deal to gerrymander everyone into safe districts for both parties. This is a uh, a very effective way of thwarting any third party coming along and upsetting the apple cart, be it the reform, the green, the libertarian, the peace and freedom, the natural law, whatever. The two parties uh, are supposed to be at each other's throats, but they very definitely cooperate thoroughly when it comes to excluding anybody else from sitting down at the table. And I hope, uh, by the way, that you attended the event at the Mondavi Center on Monday. We're trying, we're going to try and get a sound clip from that, uh, uh, courtesy of our news director here at, uh, at KDVS in our third segment. But uh, it was a very interesting discussion between uh, Dr. Bob Arnott and Ambassador Joseph Wilson. Ambassador Wilson, of course, has been on this show twice, has quite an important story to tell about uh, about the misleading of the American public in, in going to war in Iraq. And, um, yes, yeah, stay tuned. We'll hopefully bring you a little clip uh, from that event. And speaking of Radio Parallax uh, and KDVS, had you been listening to our program, you wouldn't have made the mistake that The Week magazine did on, uh, on the, in the current issue when it shows the four people who won the popular vote but did not become president. Al Gore in the year 2000, Grover Cleveland in 1888, Samuel Tilden in 1876, and instead of putting Andrew Jackson in 1824, the week put John Quincy Adams' picture. In fact, John Quincy Adams became president in 1824. Of course, uh, I'm sure that alert listeners to this program caught the mistake right away. We've been harping on this subject of whether your vote uh, will be counted, and it's gone mainstream in Newsweek. In fact, the cover story of Newsweek, October 18th, will your vote be counted? How ballot glitches, legal fights, and terror scares could tarnish Election Day. 
Newsweek actually published inside a pretty good state-by-state voter guide. As we've been harping on this show, you can't tell what's going on unless you go state-by-state. And uh, Slate.com announced uh, two days ago that it appears that John Kerry, for the first time, is ahead in the Electoral College. Well, they didn't do their numbers very well. Kerry's been ahead in the Electoral College mostly since August. It's very close. There have been some surges, and Bush has been ahead, and, and some show him surging again right now for God knows what reasons. Uh, I, I'm very, very dubious about these Bush surges. They said exactly the same thing in the year 2000 for Bush surging ahead of Al Gore, and it just didn't happen. It was not reflected in reality on Election Day, and I expect fully the same thing will be the case in 12 days. Let's go to a Tom Burka at this juncture, our favorite blogger, whose website TomBurka.com is usually good for a laugh. Burka headline, Gallup only poll to reflect expected voter fraud. The Gallup organization responding to charges that it greatly oversampled Republicans in calculating Bush and Kerry's support among likely voters said it did so in order to take into account the massive voter fraud, which is expected to take place between now and Election Day. According to Gallup, among registered voters, a virtual tie exists statistically. Among Gallup's likely voters, however, by which they mean, quote, voters whose votes are likely to be counted, unquote, Bush will win easily, 52 to 44 percent. We're quite surprised that other polling organizations have failed to artificially jack up the Republican samples in the likely voter mix, given the track record of Sproul and Associates and their ilk. Gallup was referring to the GOP-funded group that destroyed thousands of Democratic voter registrations in Nevada and Oregon recently. Said Lynn Gallup, We expect thousands upon tens of thousands of Democratic voters to be methodically disenfranchised. All right, let's do a couple more Tom uh, Burka items. Uh, You noticed, I think, that the Crawford Iconoclast, the newspaper in uh, George Bush's home away from the White House, Crawford, Texas, endorsed John Kerry this year. Burka. Following the endorsement of John Kerry by the Crawford, Texas iconoclast, President Bush signed executive orders designated Crawford a crappy little town and cut off all federal funding for the municipality. After all the goddamn brush I cleared for those people, said Bush. Secret Service agents swarmed Crawford today in what White House in the White House claimed was a security sweep, after which every copy of the Lone Star iconoclast disappeared. Another Burka headline. Al-Qaeda tapes accidentally erased from FBI's TiVo. The FBI revealed today that it had accidentally erased possibly important tapes of an intercepted Al-Qaeda communications because they'd been stored on the agency's TiVo digital video recorder. The tapes were erased to make room for a very special episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, said a spokesman. What you can understand, said Rasputin Galertner, an FBI spokesman, I mean, 300 gigabytes of hard drive space costs almost $300. Where's the FBI going to get that kind of money? Of course, that item stems from a Justice Department um, Inspector General's report that said that the FBI had let to, yet to translate hundreds of thousands of hours of wiretapped conversations from counterintelligence investigations since the 9-11 attacks. Uh, The audit noted that more than one-third of the intercepts related to al-Qaeda are not being translated within the mandated 
12 hours. The audit blamed the problem on a shortage of translators. I don't know if anybody noticed that uh, that a study by the Annenberg Public Policy Center found that viewers of Jon Stewart's The Daily Show knew more about election issues than newspaper readers and TV news viewers. Whew. John Stewart recently appeared on Crossfire and gave uh, gave uh, Tucker Carlson quite a hard time. Uh, but I, I watched that whole transcript and I I don't know I I'm I'm not that enamored with Mr. Uh, Mr. Stewart. He seemed awfully self-serving on that Crossfire broadcast as he was uh, you know blaming them for not being hard enough on politicians. I don't know, but it is interesting that the Daily Show people that watch the Daily Show know more about election issues than newspaper readers. That's hard to believe, and TV news viewers, which is quite easy to believe. Anyway, uh, passions are heating up, I guess, all over as we ramp up toward the election. Apparently, two University of North Carolina students got into a brawl while debating whether Jesus would vote for George Bush or John Kerry. As the argument grew heated, police said the concept of turning the other cheek came up, and Robert Rollins slapped James Austin in the face. Austin fell onto a concrete patio and injured his head. And in a somewhat similar story, apparently club-wielding Israeli riot police broke up a fistfight among Greek Orthodox and Franciscan priests at Christianity's holiest shrine in Jerusalem, which I'm sure is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. The clergymen apparently started brawling over whether a door at the church should be left open or closed. Which uh, provides uh, a segue into the following story, that Walmart, Walmart, which refuses to carry men's magazines featuring women in bikinis on the cover, began selling the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, the notoriously anti-Semitic fraud that purports to reveal a global Jewish conspiracy. After protests, the store agreed to stop selling the book. On its website, the store had said, if the protocols are genuine, which can never be proven conclusively, it might cause some of us to keep a wary eye on world affairs. We neither support nor deny its message. Now, if you if you don't remember what the protocols of the elders of Zion is and missed the program we did on that uh, a couple of years back, uh, this is a rather astounding fraud committed by a member of the Russian secret police that was based on a couple of fictional dialogues, a mystical bit of fiction, wherein Jews are uh, meeting every century. Mystical Jews convene in a, century, uh, in a cemetery in Prague to go over how their plans for world domination are, uh, have been proceeding. Unbelievable. Walmart. <laughs> if the protocols are genuine, which can never be proven conclusively... It might cause some of us to keep a wary eye on world affairs. If you didn't have enough reasons to not shop in Walmart so far, uh, try that one on. And this might be a a point to insert the following item I've been sitting on for a couple of weeks um, about uh, people who, (laughs) related to people who believed that the protocols of the elders of Zion was uh, real. Apparently, N.A. Bill Jewell passed away a couple of weeks back. He was the commander of the British submarine Seraph, which had an interesting role to play in uh, World War II. 
The Seraph apparently took on, on board a, a corpse that had bogus papers on it, identifying it as that of Captain Acting Major William Martin of the Royal Marines. Off the coast of Spain, uh, they took the body off of dry ice, put it in a, a life vest, and floated the body, and set it loose, hoping that it would be, unco- it would be discovered with uh, plans on board indicating that there was going to be an invasion of southern Europe. Well, it worked like a charm. Uh, Hitler was completely taken in by this. Um, agents in Spain found the body. They said, oh my God, look at what we found on board this body. Hitler apparently dispatched two panzer divisions from Russia to Greece just before the great tank battle at Kursk, which of course was a, a great turning point in the war, a Soviet victory. Um Fascinating story. The plots, uh, the, the plot um, details were kept secret until um, 1954, when uh, the memoirs of a key planner, Lieutenant Commander Ewan Montague, titled "The Man Who Never Was," was published. It was later made into a motion picture. And uh, Bill, jo- Bill Jewell, the British submarine commander, had one other role to play of note in World War II. His next assignment after releasing "The Man Who Never Was" was to spirit a French general. Henri Girard out of Vichy, France. Unfortunately, uh, General Girard shared with General de Gaulle a hearty dislike of the British, and he pettily refused to be rescued by the British. So in another rather unique charade, the HMS Seraph became the USS Seraph and flew an American flag for its rendezvous with Girard's dinghy. The entire 40-man British crew joined in the caper, partially pretending to be American soldiers. And don't you wish there was a tape existing on how that conversation went? It's time for a break. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. This is KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. (laughs) 